Would you say that there are some questions in life that are more important and more significant than others? I imagine that some of you, as you got ready for church this morning, said, what plans are we going to have after church? Where are we going to eat? Maybe you've already asked that question today. Well, in the grand scheme of things, is that actually all that significant? Uh, what about how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Is that really all that significant in the grand scheme of things? Maybe it's interesting to you, but it's not all that significant. What about, will you marry me? Is that a significant question that has consequences that go beyond the immediate? Of course it is. What about, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? There are questions in this life that are significant, some much more significant than others. This morning what I want us to do is I want us to ask a question about the church of Christ. Now, some of you may start to see this already and you say, well, I don't know about this. I, now, I want you to understand that the question that we're going to ask is not a church that has a letterhead written somewhere or just a name on a building somewhere. But when we ask this question about the church of Christ, we are talking about the church that we read in the Bible. Uh, so we're going to ask a question this morning about the church, and it is going to be the one that we read about in Scripture. And that question that we're going to read this morning is this. Must I be a member of the Church of Christ in order to go to heaven? Now, some of you may have already answered that. Some of you may already have answered that no. Some of you may have already answered that one yes. All I ask that this morning that you put those answers aside and let us take a look at what the Scriptures say about that, and then we'll come to an answer that we find within Scripture. This is a very important question because I do believe that there are sometimes um, uh, th th there are there are conditional uh, statements that God has made in Scripture in regards to going to heaven. If you think about the passage in Matthew chapter seven and verse one, where Jesus says, "Lord, uh, not everyone who says to me shall not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven." There's a conditional statement that's being made there. He says, "Not everyone who says to me." Lord, Lord, shall I enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And so I want us to think about this statement or this question this morning. Must I be a member of the church of Christ in order to go to heaven? But before we answer that question, I want to leave that question right there, and I want us to answer four additional questions, and we'll come back to this other one. I want us to first and think about, must a person be a part, be a member of the body of Christ in order to go to heaven? What's the Bible say about that? Well, I want you, if you would, and we're going to look at quite a few scriptures, but if you've got the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 5 and verse 23, that's where I want to start this morning. Must one be a member of the body of Christ in order to go to heaven? What does the scripture say about that? Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23, reread these words. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Must somebody be a part of the body of Christ in order to go to heaven? Well, that, that passage says that Jesus is the Savior of the body, and so if somebody wants to go to heaven, they've got to be part of the body. Now, what does the Bible say about being outside of the body? 
You can take a look at that passage there on the screen in John chapter 15, verse 6. Jesus says, if somebody does not abide in me, they will be cast out. If somebody is not part of the body of Christ, they cannot go to heaven. I want to ask the second question. What about the kingdom of Christ? The Bible talks oftentimes about the kingdom of Christ. Must a person be part of the kingdom of Christ in order to go to heaven? If you've got your Bible, I ask you to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I want you to look at the words of Paul in verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 24, he's talking about death and Jesus having overcome death. And in in verse 24, Paul says this, he says, Then comes the end, this is the judgment day, Then comes the end when He, Jesus, delivers the kingdom to God the Father. Jesus is going to take His kingdom on that day of judgment and He is going to deliver it to the Father. And so you take a look at that passage. Must a person be part of the kingdom of Christ in order to go to heaven? If you're not part of that kingdom, you will not be delivered to God. Okay? What happens if somebody's outside of the kingdom? That passage there in Matthew chapter 8 is talking about two different kingdoms. It's talking about the kingdom of Christ, but then it's talking about those who are not part of the kingdom of Christ. They shall be taken and they will be burnt up in everlasting fire. So somebody, does somebody need to be part of the kingdom of Christ in order to go to heaven? Well, the answer there was yes. What about the family of Christ? If you were with us a week and a half ago, we started to look at some of these terms, the body of Christ and the kingdom of Christ. But what about the family of Christ? What does the Bible say about somebody, must they be part of the family of Christ in order to go to heaven? I'll ask you to flip over that passage in Romans chapter 5, or Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, we read the answer to this question. In Romans chapter 8, looking at verses 16 and 17, It says, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. What's children of God? That's the family of God. That's being part of the family of God. It goes on to say in verse 17, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we also may be glorified together. What's glorified together? Go to heaven. Must somebody be a part of the family of Christ in order to go to heaven? That's what we think. That's what we see there in that passage in Romans chapter 8. That passage also there in Matthew chapter 13 talks about how if somebody is not part of the family of Christ, then they also will be cast out. That's the parable of the tares. And Jesus says that if, those, if, if they are outside of the family of Christ, that they are going to be burned up in everlasting fire. Same thing we read over in Matthew chapter 8. Must somebody be a part of the family of Christ in order to go to heaven? What about this? What about the bride of Christ? Must somebody be part of the bride of Christ in order to go to heaven? Go back to that passage in in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, we read this just a few minutes ago, but when we start to go down to verse 27, we're reading a discussion about husbands and wives. Husbands and wives. Christ and His church. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26. uh, Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as also Christ also loved the church and he gave himself for her. 
Verse 27, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. We start to take a look at this passage, and we'll come back in a second and spend a little bit more time on this, but somebody must be part of the bride of Christ in order to go to heaven, to be presented to God. Now, what about... What are we talking about? The question was, must one be a member of the Church of Christ in order to go to heaven? Well, I want to go back to the body of Christ. And I want you to think about the body of Christ. Go back to Ephesians chapter 1 if you're still in Ephesians. And Ephesians chapter 1 verses 22 and 23 tells us something about the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22 and says, And God, He put all things under His feet, and he gave him to be head over his over the church uh, over all things to the church which is his body the body that is referenced to in scriptures is the church of Christ well what about the kingdom of Christ flip would if you would flip with me to Matthew chapter 16 Matthew chapter 16 and verses 16 17 and 18 Jesus answered and said to him, verse 17, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you, verse 19, the keys of the kingdom. He's talking about building his church, and now he's giving him the keys to the kingdom, which is the same thing. And so we think about the kingdom of Christ. Must somebody be a member of the kingdom of Christ in order to go to heaven? Yes, Scripture says so, but Scripture also says that the kingdom of Christ is the church of Christ. Well, what about the family of Christ? What does it say about the family of Christ? If you would, flip over to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. Paul writing to Timothy, he says, These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. Verse 15, But if I am delayed, I write that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. House, household, family is the church of Christ. What about the bride of Christ? Go back to Ephesians chapter 5 if you would. In Ephesians chapter 5, let's read those passages again starting in verse 26 and 27. Uh, start verse 25. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ has also loved the church and he gave himself for her. And this is that conversation about the bride and the, uh, the, the husband and the wife, husband and the wife, the bride of Christ, Christ and his bride. And there's a whole discussion in verse 32. It ends up by saying, you may be confused about this. This is a great mystery. Maybe you haven't been understanding what it is that we're talking about here. Verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and his church. The bride of Christ is the church of Christ. Now, I want us to think a little bit, adding to that, about the church of Christ. That English word church is taken from a Greek word, ekklesia, the called out. Called out of what? Well, I want you, if you would, to think about how the Bible describes the called out. If you've got 1 Peter chapter 2, or if you would flip to 1 Peter chapter 2, 
Peter is writing to Christians. And he is writing to them about their relationship with God. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says, But you, Christians, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness. There's the idea of being called out. Being called out of darkness into His marvelous light. So the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, what are they? They are called out of darkness to walk into His marvelous light. What does the Bible say about that? What does it say about being a member of the church of Christ in order to go to heaven. If you would, I'll ask you to flip over to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. This was the verse that was on the slide at the beginning. Maybe you caught that, but I want you to take a look at Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 22 and reading down through verse 23. But you, and if you will remember, the book of Hebrews is written to a group of Christians who were, have come out of Judaism and they are considering going back to Judaism. They're, they're considering giving up everything that they have come to know in Jesus Christ, in His church. They're considering giving that up and turning back to Judaism. And so the writer is writing to them to encourage them to understand that what they have in Jesus Christ is better than what they have ever had in Judaism. Verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion. Well, what's Mount Zion? We continue to read. And to the city of the living God. This is talking about the church. We're not talking about multiple different things as we read through this verse. You have come to Mount Zion. You have come to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Your translation may read who is enrolled in heaven. It's the idea of having your name written in heaven. If somebody is part of the called out ones, the called out of darkness, walking in the marvelous light of our God, that they are part of the church, their names are enrolled in heaven. Their names are registered in heaven or they are written in heaven. I want you to consider that terminology as you flip over to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, and the last verse of that chapter. He is just, the writer of Hebrews is just talk about those having their names written in heaven. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15 says this, And anyone not found written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. And so we start to put all of this together. We start to see the idea that somebody's got to be part of the body of Christ in order to go to heaven. That somebody's got to be part of the kingdom of Christ in order to go to heaven. Scripture is very clear about this. Somebody's got to be part of the family of Christ in order to go to heaven. Somebody has to be part of the bride of Christ in order to go to heaven. But all of those are in reference to the church. These are all terms that can be used one for another. Must somebody be a part of the church that belongs to Jesus Christ in order to go to heaven? According to Scripture, the answer is yes. Well, how does one become part of the body of Christ? 
How does one place themselves within the body of Christ? If you've got your Bibles again, I'll ask you to flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want you to look at verse 13. Because verse 13 tells us what somebody must do to make sure that they are part of the body of Christ. And Paul writing to the church there at Corinth, he is using the term we to talk about the Christians there, to talk about himself there. Verse 13, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Must one be part of the body of Christ in order to go to heaven? The answer, of course, uh, according to Scripture, is yes. How does one become part of that body? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, we are baptized into that one body. Well, let's take a look at the idea of a kingdom. What must somebody do to enter into the kingdom? Maybe there's a different way to get into the kingdom of Christ. You'll go back to the book of John, John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, at the beginning of that chapter, we have a situation where a man by the name of Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus by night, and he asks him a question. The question, verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered in verse 5 by saying, Most assuredly I say to you that unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. How is it that somebody enters into the kingdom of heaven? Being born of water and spirit, that is by being baptized into the kingdom. Well, Randall, maybe it's different. Maybe there's a different way to get in the family. If you're still there in John chapter 3, go back to verse 3. This is the same account there with Nicodemus. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again. How does one get into a family? One is born again. But I want you to think about what Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27 says. I love Galatians 3, 26 and 27. This is sort of a side note to this whole thing. You know, when you go to the first missionary journey in Acts chapter 13 and 14, you never read the idea of being baptized. There's a lot of conversions that take place in that first missionary journey, but it's always talking about belief. Somebody says, well, the Bible never says that those on the first missionary journey had to be baptized. All they had to do was believe. But we come to Galatians which is the letter that was written to those that were, became Christians on that first missionary journey, and we are told how they became Christians. How is somebody added to the family? Look at Galatians chapter 3, starting there in verse 26. For you are all sons of God. There it is, family of God. For you are all sons of God through faith. Well, somebody stops right there and says, there it is, Randall, it's just by faith, through faith in Christ Jesus. But what's the next word? The next word, starting in verse 27, 4, because, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. How does somebody become part of the family? According to Galatians chapter 3, 26 and 27, they are baptized into Christ just as they are into the kingdom of Christ, just as they are into the body of Christ. What about the bride of Christ? How does somebody get into the bride of Christ? How does somebody become part of the bride of Christ? Go back to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 26 now. Ephesians chapter 5, starting verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ has also loved the church. He's talking about Christ and His church. And now we come to verse 26. 
that He might sanctify. The idea of being set apart, is that not what we sort of see on the idea of being called out, being set apart, that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word. How does somebody become part of the bride of Christ? They are washed by the Word. They are washed by the instructions that are given in the Word. They are baptized to become part of the bride. Was there any question, as we look at this chart and how this chart is developed, about how one gets into the church that belongs to Christ? If you would, flip with me over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, that question is asked by the multitudes after Peter has preached that sermon there in Acts chapter 2. Men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? And if you remember the answer he gave to them, you've got to repent and let every one of you be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. I want you to jump down to verse 41. Then those who heard his words, then those who gladly received his word, they were baptized. Well, what did that baptism do? Jump down to verse 47 if you would. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Must I be a member of the church of Christ in order to go to heaven? Well, the Bible says that I must be part of the body of Christ in order to go to heaven. The Bible says I must be part of the kingdom of Christ in order to go to heaven. The Bible says I have to be part of the family of Christ in order to go to heaven. And the Bible says that I have to be part of the bride of Christ to go to heaven. And then we understand that all of those words are used interchangeably. And Scripture clearly lays out that I must be a part of the Bible that we read about here. The church that we read about here in the Bible. I must be part of that church if I desire to go to heaven. Outside of that, the Bible says that I have no hope. We looked at the spiritual blessings that we have in the church in our Bible class this morning. But folks, those spiritual blessings do not belong to me unless I am part of the body, the kingdom, the family, the bride, or the church. I hope that each of us trusts God enough to understand and to trust what He says in His Word. He wants all to come to repentance. He wants all to go to heaven. But He gives us the conditions and He gives us the solution. This morning, as you think about where you are before God, if you desire to go to heaven, are you part of the church that we read about in Scripture? If not, the Bible tells us what we must do to become part of that church. This morning, if you've never been baptized into the waters of baptism, having your sins washed away, where the Lord then places you within His church, places you within His body, we encourage you to do so. If you need to study more about that, we would love to sit down and to study with you. Or maybe this morning you find yourself once in the body of Christ, faithfully worshiping our God, faithfully walking in the light. But maybe because of circumstances of life, you have turned away from a faithful walk with Him. And you need the prayers of this congregation to strengthen you, to help you in that walk. If we can help you in that way, we would love to do so. This morning, if we can help you in any way, let's encourage one another as together we stand and sing.
Jesus, my Lord, is the 